Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q&A session 145, the last one for this month. We just want to thank you, Lord, for all the questions, though late, but it came in, all the questions Hallelujah. came in, and uh, we're still trusting God always, as always, to give us the answers. No answer will be complete in itself, and no answer will be received it completely, because you always have a reader response theory working. <laughs> but trust the Spirit of God and not your own imagination, understanding, wisdom. All has its own place, but trust the Spirit of God because He will take it and interpret it in each one of Because we are all different. Our situations are different. So even if a question is, the answer is answering your situation. Let the Spirit of God interpret it and not flesh. Mm. So with that, Ryder, we will pray. Pastor Vijay yes. will lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again for this evening. Thank you, Father, for this time of Q&A, the last Q&A for this month. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Lord, even as we are in your are here in your presence, I pray, Father, that the Spirit of the Lord will, uh, will teach us, O Lord, will direct us to the answers, O Lord, even through your word. I pray, Father, that every answer will be made relevant to every situation that your children are going through, O Lord. Touch this time, O Lord Jesus. Let your name be lifted up and let your word, O Lord Father, be exalted in every situation. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Lord. Let's begin. Pastor, there are so many questions on relationships. Um, okay. This is uh, regarding offense. This is question number four, Sammy. We'll start with question number four. It says, none of us easily admits we have wronged each other. God will give me a signal of guilt to help me recognize us where I have wronged my husband. Jesus warned in Matthew chapter 5, failure to take care of our side of the offense in a conflict is highly dangerous. Would you agree when we do not attend to sin in our lives, we become vulnerable to the enemy's attack in that area? Like... Uh if you go to Matthew chapter 6, if I'm right, let me give it. Matthew, not 6, sorry, not 6. Matthew 11 and verse 6. Hmm. Not 6, 11, but 11, 6. Yes. Blessed is he <coughs> who is not offended because of me. This is not in the Beatitudes, but this is a great blessing. The blessing of not being offended. Actually, offense, uh, it all begins with offense, which leads to unforgiveness, to bitterness, to vengeance. It all begins with offense. Mm. And that's where we have to guard our hearts from offense. Because once offense comes in, uh, the Bible says it is it's easier to win a city than a brother who who's is offended. offended. Yes. Offended. Okay. Because the difference between of what happens in an offense is that uh, it is bigger than the issue. Issues can be usually resolved. or Some issues don't have to be resolved. But the offense is connected with the person, the self. It's connected with the self. And honestly, whether it is in a marriage, a home, a church, or an office, relationships break down basically because of offense. Hmm. Basically because of offense. Because once you're offended, you will not forgive. 
even though you say with your lips, you don't actually forgive. Forgiveness is from the heart. Mm. It's not with your mouth. Though confession is made in the mouth and you believe in your heart, you are saved. Forgiveness also works that way. If you don't forgive from your heart, you just say with your mouth, it is just like faith that is confessed, which is not there in your heart at all. So you cannot be saved in the same way. You cannot be delivered. So offense is a major, major issue. It's a major issue. And almost every relationship breakdown, you go mm-hmm. do a pathological or radiology study, you will see it always started with offense. Okay. And offense also is got to do, I mean, it, situation circumstances differ, but in any situation, like in this case, this is, this is, I mean, if you go to verse one onwards, Matthew 11, verse one, who are you talking about? Mm. It came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? I mean, what kind of a question is this? I mean, if you look at it, you can, anybody else can ask this. Hmm. You can understand, are you the Christ? The Pharisees are asking, the Sadducees are asking, the religious, the, anybody can ask this question. <coughs> John cannot ask this question because his entire purpose of his ministry is this, to point Jesus out. And once he's pointed Jesus out from divine revelation, and he has the experience of hearing the voice of God, seeing the Holy Spirit descend in the form of a dove resting on, he's seen it all. And now when his situation has changed, mm. he's been arrested for preaching and put into prison, actually he's offended. Yeah. He's offended. Okay. Because he's, this is the whole thing, no? We do something, but somebody does not react in the particular way, we get offended. Yeah. We get offended. Okay, and that's basically what's happening. He did this. He he also is thinking like the disciples, probably that the kingdom of God is going to come now. And I appointed the Messiah. Nobody's understanding the mystery of the cross. So he also is probably, and then he's arrested and he's put in prison and uh, he's offended. If I was serving God, then why am I in prison? Why am I suffering? For I did not do anything wrong. So he's offended. And in his offense, he starts questioning his own convictions about who Jesus is. And Jesus is not offended that somebody questions him. Mm. You read closely Jesus and the answer to this. <coughs> Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, <coughs> the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up to the poor. Uh, and to the poor, the gospel is. So he's basically giving a sum total of Isaiah. This is what exactly. will happen when the Messiah comes. Exactly. So he says, evidence is here. You judge me by your evidence. And then he says, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Oh. Now read subsequently from there. Yes, Go further down. Okay. And they departed. And began to say <laughs> to the multitudes, con- Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garment? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. Look at verse 10. What did you go out to see? A prophet? I say to you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I sent my messenger before your face. You will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Wow. So the simple question. John is questioning Christ. Christ is not offended. 
Exactly. They're not offended at all. Mm-hmm. How dare you question me? Didn't you have the evidence of this thing? Did you hear from my father? Didn't you need the Holy Spirit? Isn't was this your whole ministry about? You're questioning. You understand? It's a legitimate thing. You can have doubts. Doubts are legitimate. Have no issues. God has no issues with us asking questions, doubts, and all. All that is fine. Okay. So John is offended. Jesus is not offended. Okay. So that's where you know the whole thing is that. In conversations, in com- I mean, like if I mean if I mean you were there in that uh, yes, Brune's wedding at the wedding message, I was telling couples, and the same simple thing is that we ner- le- we need to learn to talk to one another, not talk at one another. Mm. Usually, I'm telling. Usually, this is what happens when people, let's say, husband and a wife having issues, or anywhere, two people having issues. When they are actually having a conversation, the other person is not listening. I'm not saying therefore the person is not hearing. Mm. It's not listening. listening. Because if you are listening, you are dealing with the issue. But if you are not listening but only hearing, you are listening and making counter arguments. So you're not looking for a solution. You're not looking for a solution. Mm. So you are like two lawyers in the court. You are not two partners in the same in the same purpose. You are two lawyers. One is prosecution, one is defense, and arguments are going on. And you actually, when you look at arguments, that's what the Bible says: don't get into arguments. Just walk away. It's no point talking at that point of time. Mm. It's no point talking because the other person is not hearing, is not listening, and and you know when that comes in, the person is offended, offended, and there is no point talking to an offended person. Just things let things calm down and pray. Once the offense goes and pray like the prodigal son, there's no point in telling him, don't go better. It's not good for you. He's made up his mind. He's offended. Whatever has happened in the house, he's offended with his father. No son will in that Jewish culture will come and tell my father before he's dead, give me my part of inheritance. And there's no point. Keeping him there is going to make a bigger mess of it. So give him his whatever the father wanted to do, gave him and he went. Then a season comes when he comes to his senses. Now there is no offense. There is nothing. The interesting part is through the entire journey till he reaches a point where he's absolutely, totally helpless. You need to realize he doesn't think of going back home. Wow. So one of the fundamental mm-hmm. things with people who are offended is that you cannot have a conversation with them. Yes. You can love them. You can be kind to them. You can help them. You can leave them alone. You can, but pray for them. Okay. And if there is something on your side which is wrong, go and acknowledge it. Go and acknowledge it. But also in certain cases, I would say it depends from case to case. In some cases, uh, if you go and acknowledge it before, but the Bible says this thing, if your brother is offended with you, mm. then before you come to me, you go. No, it's not whether you are offended. Mm. These are all different case scenarios. So you have to take it case by case. Okay. So sometimes you have to do it for your sake of your relationship with God. Mm. Relationship with God. You know, this is affecting my relationship with God because it's disturbing me. Now, your, your, First priority is not restoring a relationship with the brother because it may or may not happen. 
when you go and say, I'm sorry, okay, I'll forgive you. I don't want to hear about it. But you realize that person does want to hear about it. <laughs> okay, when uh, has not, he's not willing to let go. Okay, I have forgiven you. This thing, but from them. But the whole thing is that what motivates you to go over there, even when knowing this is not going to happen, is because it's affecting a relationship with God. So in that case, okay, then you take. In some cases, it works. So when offense goes in, it becomes unforgiveness. Unforgiveness comes in, love goes out. Love goes out. Because you cannot be offended, unforgiving, and be loving also. You cannot be. Mm. That's the nature of God's love. That's the nature of God's love. The Bible, if you go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16 of the new covenant, the fundamental principle of the new covenant. Mm. 16 and 17. I will remember. 16, 17. Okay? This is a covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember. remember. This is the thing. He does not only just forget, forgive us. He forgets it. Hmm. He forgets it. It it also does not mean God has forgotten. Now he doesn't remember it anymore. Now that's not possible. God is God. He cannot forget anything. But meaning he can remember it without being offended, unforgiving, angry, mad. You you can remember things which people have done to you, and when you have forgot in this context, forgiven and forgotten it, meaning you have forgotten the hurt, forgotten the pain. Like like Joseph is able to. Has he forgotten what his brothers have done to him? No. 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 But is it hurting him like before? No. 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 No, it is not. He All he wants is to restore them mm. and help them be part of their redemption. That's what the Bible is talking about. That is how we have to. There are, our memory works like God's memory. We don't have his kind of gigabytes, but uh, we don't forget. <laughs> okay, We don't forget. So I want to forgive and forget. No, there are things in our past which will be all the, always there. But the thing is that we should be able to remember it without pain, hurt, offense, unforgiveness, anger, wrath, all these things we should be able to. That is where it has to be dealt. Mm. Otherwise, what will happen? We will not go forward in our relationship, either with God or with man. Because we the entire gospel according to one on the epistle of John from verse chapter 3 onwards, it is talking about our love for God is actually played out in our love with man. This is the practical. That is the theory. There when we reach him, it's a different thing. But if you cannot love what you see, the question is, how do you love what you cannot cannot see? And what is that blocks actually love? It is offense. Offended with God, things happen, bad things happen, death happens, sickness happens, loss happens. Deep inside we feel offended with God. Jesus was never offended. You look at him, he's not offended. He's not offended with his father for putting him on the cross. He's not offended with the people for crucifying him. And his first words on the cross is that, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And that in that first saying on the cross is something over there, which we always say that, give them the benefit of doubt. They don't know. Probably they don't know what they are doing. Mm. Leave it alone. Like if a baby were to cry, do we get mad? No, no, we don't get mad. 
But the baby is disturbing. <laughs> the fact the baby is disturbing the parents, or if it is in a church, the baby is disturbing the whole congregation, we will tell the parents, please handle the baby. You don't get mad at the baby. Why? Because the baby doesn't know what it is doing. Mm. Okay. In the same way, there's a whole lot of this thing. A lot of people, when they are reacting, sometimes they don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they are doing. But it has to be dealt with. We are talking about the person who has to let go and be forgiving. But the other person who is offended has to be very, very careful. Because offense can kill you. Can destroy you completely. That's how Ahitophel, the wisest man of his generation, was destroyed. He committed suicide. And how did he hold it for so many years? <coughs> so many years, you know. So we need to, first we need to get this very clear picture about who is God? Okay. Who is God and who am I? What is man that you are mindful of? Okay, that's a, but people don't think that way. Somehow this thing, because that is what religion, religion is basically based on, you scratch my back, I will scratch your back. <laughs> you want this, I will appease you, right. but mm-hmm. you, you need to do this for me. Religion is always based on like a business. That's why religion is a big business. That's why when Paul went and preached and the people are throwing their idols, the idol makers all got together and beat him up because they realized they will lose their business. So religion is a big business. But the problem is with God, it's not religion. Mm. He serves us. He takes care of us. That does not make him a servant. Makes, does not make him a soul. Then we start feeling offended with him when things don't go. I prayed, he didn't answer. But why should he answer? Who are you? That he should answer your prayers. Who are you? Okay. This, this is where the issue comes. Simple fact of the matter is a very sensible thing. God doesn't have to do anything for me. I'm just part of his creation. Go. Next one in. <laughs> he can, yes, but he doesn't do, do that. It. The fact that he's a very loving, kind, godly, I mean, he's God, loving father does not change the fact he's God and we are not. Mm. We can become godly, we will never become God. Mm. Yes. Okay, we'll never become God. There's only one creator, there's only one begotten son. There are not many begotten sons. We are not begotten sons, we are adopted sons. Yes. We're born of his spirit, but not the way he is. He was always God and mm-hmm. he's still God. Even when he came on down on earth in flesh, he was still God. We are not. Hmm. We are not. So we need to be get very clear about when we say you are gods, what does God mean by that? How he is different from the rest of he is yes. the creator. There's only one creator, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The rest is all creation. And this creation gets this entitlement mentality. And you see that in the garden when the lie is, I mean, Satan is also, okay, he's the best of all creation in that that realm, at that point of time. But uh, he was offended. He coveted something and then he was kicked out. There is no unforgiveness, asking for forgiveness, because he's still an offended, angry, bitter, and he pumps into the human nature that. And Jesus comes to show us another way. And that is where relationships break down, you know, where we have, when we understand who God is and when we understand that at the bottom level, we are all the same. There's nothing different between if somebody has succeeded and somebody has not succeeded. If God had turned it around and you were born there and the other one was born here, probably he would have done better than you. Yeah. That's what God is asking. What is that you have that you have not received? 
what is that you have that you have not received? The answer is nothing. Then he says, then why do you consider yourself better than the others? Because offense is connected with that. You consider yourself better Better. than others. Yes, yes. That is what happens. Mm. That is where it happens. Okay, and these things have to be got into our minds. We are not negating truth and issues. Issues have to be handled. Because if issues does not is not handled, yeah, exactly. then there will be further more more complications will come. But you should be possible to sit like what we say, like adults, and speak without the self projecting. When the self comes, when you you can't stop talking because there's no point talking to the old self, the flesh, because the flesh will never it it can never be tamed. So the Bible is talking about the flesh's tongue is James 3 talking about. Everything under the sky has been tamed, but no man has been able to tame his tongue. It cannot. That is the projection of yourself. Your tongue is the projection of yourself. It cannot be tamed. It can only be killed. Mm-hmm. You cannot tame your flesh. You can only kill your flesh. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes. So, so in, uh, it says in uh, Proverbs 19.11, it says, mm-hmm. it, is a, it is a glory for a man to overlook an offense. So, what are the circumstances or situations wherein you can overlook an offense and and still deal with the issue? See, the offense, if it is person, there are two things which happens. Like, you know, an offense can be personal, but the issue deals with the structure. So, you can just swallow the offense hmm. and deal with what is important. Like, let us say, okay, Jesus is hanging on the cross and they are all abusing him. And the abuse and the challenge is, if you are the son of God, come down. Mm. Now, if he gets offended and get angry, he can come down. But then the whole purpose is lost. So that is the thing. In everything that is happening, you need to realize what is the purpose. Like when David's brothers uh, mock him and say, so you are full of pride and conceit. You left up a little sheep here. You have come here. He could be offended. He just turns away and says, is there not a cause? Mm. The cause is bigger than, I am not going to waste my time and energy. Mm. People get distracted. That's what happens. When you get offended, Mm. you get distracted. The whole issue is forgotten. The whole issue is forgotten. There is no resolution. And instead things become worse. The things become worse because it becomes now a series of accusations. Accusations. Because what is happening is that people are... People are receiving it from the surface level. And especially what happens is uh, you have to be careful because especially when you talk to people who react from their emotions. Emotions are good servants, but they're terrible masters. And people who are primarily, if you look at their nature, they are primarily emotional. we We have our emotions, we have our reason, and then we have our spirit. We have our spirit, okay? The man with the reason may not react emotionally, but he's also dangerous because he is listening very carefully everything. And he breaks down all your arguments down very carefully, and then when he gives it back, you are destroyed. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't do that, okay? He usually gives from the spirit where he causes you to think. Mm. Because he's not here to win an argument. He's here to see the whole motivation. What are you? Are you trying to save something? Especially in a home, Mm. nobody wins an argument. Even if you win an argument, you have lost it. 
Okay, so Jesus said, so whenever they come and ask him questions, he will answer them with a question. <laughs> he could have given an answer. And if he gives an answer, then he has won the argument. Sometimes he gives an answer, but his answer is such like that they are not able to ask him anything <laughs> more. They shut their mouth up and they left. Okay, so he's, he's not <coughs> like, let us say this simple case of this. Does your teacher pay taxes? So he asked Peter rhetorically a question. Do kings and their sons pay taxes? Peter said, no. They live off the taxes, right? And Jesus said, yeah, that's true. <coughs> now I can put my foot down and say, my father owns everything and this is mine. I'm not paying any taxes. But he says, why? There's no point. <laughs> why? No. So a lot of times we can mm. overlook a lot of offense, yeah. Like, you know, because usually it is over silly, stupid mm. stuff. And you can always, when you're talking to people, especially in homes, in families and churches, but these are two families. We're not worried so much about office because in modern days, nobody stays in one office for too long. They keep on shifting jobs. But home and church, there are two, two places where we look, we're connected relationally. The issue is, <coughs> if you listen carefully to when people are having conversations, listen to the one who is historical. Not historical. <laughs> Both historical and, and historical. historical. Whoever is historical, you know, is offended because of something that happened in the past. Wow. And has not let Hold go on. of it mm. yet. The other person may be shocked. Oh my goodness. Say, oh my goodness, I don't even remember this. But yeah, you don't remember, but I remember. They have this elephant's memory. But the thing is, they are offended. Yeah, like like in Ahitophel's mm-hmm. case, yes, yes, when yes. he actually absolutely, how long back did this take place? We, we are not actually sure, but it took a long, long time ago. Wow. But this man hasn't forgotten it yet. And the issue is not the issue. The issue is his pride has been hurt. That is it. It's basically you, you are offended when your pride is hurt because in your mind, you are not Christ-like. In your mind, you have an image about yourself. This is who I am. This is who I am. It is distinct from the person that Christ is trying to, God is trying to conform to because Christ is not offended. If anybody should be offended, it is Christ because every accusation they throw at him is false. Hmm. Anything they say is false because who is he? He's God. He's holy. He's righteous. He's loving. He's kind. He's merciful. He's perfect. Hmm. So anything you say against him is a lie, but he's not offended. And you need to write pride and offense go together. <laughs> and for 6,000 or whatever millions of years, Satan is offended. <coughs> he has put this into man's heart. And you need to realize where there is pride, there is offense. A humble person is not offended. Yep. Hmm? You use the same tone of voice with one of those poor people who come to work for you, they will go, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. Why are they not offended? Mm. Your tone was the same. Words may be exactly the same. Why are they not offended? That's why the Lord says, blessed are the poor in the spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus says, learn from me. I am meek and lowly. Because people will come up with this. Okay, he said all this thing. and But I didn't say anything at all. See, now they are proud of their humility. They are not really proud. They're not really, they're not, sorry, they're not really humble, you know. So you need to realize how deceptive the flesh is. And this is where all the things that happen. And once offense, and I'm telling you, in a home, 
in HRs, the two scenarios. In a home, once offense has come, people stop listening. The first thing that happens in the church, once you're offended with the pulpit, you stop listening. It's just a question of time before you fall away. Stop listening. Why didn't Martha listen to Jesus when he was preaching in the house? Because she was offended. offended. Because she was offended with her sister. Second, she was offended with Jesus and she didn't hear a word that he was preaching. He is preaching in her house. It's not a public meeting. When people are offended, they don't first thing. That's why the first thing that goes is your hearing goes. That is why we have to. That's why he's telling, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Because what will happen? Everything will start falling apart. The spiritual side, the eternal side of it starts falling apart because everything comes from hearing. Mm. And that is why this is so important. Oh. It is the most important thing is don't be offended. Don't be offended. Because if you are offended, you will suffer. If a wife is offended, she will not hear what a husband is saying. And the mm. husband is ahead. God 99.99% speaks to a woman through her husband if he's a godly man. If he's a godly man. If he's an ungodly man, then he speaks to the wife in the church through the man of God over there. But either way, she cannot be offended because she's offended. Then she won't hear God speak through her husband or through the man of God hmm. because she's offended. The same thing with children. Okay, why is that Jacob had uh, 10 sons and none of them could be given a dream? Because, because they're, they're offended. Yep. They're offended. Who caused it? The mothers caused it. Mm. So they're all offended with the father. Therefore, mm. the father, what father is saying, they don't listen. Mm. They don't hear at all. And God is not able to speak to them too. So this is where it happens. Even, even in Canaan, yeah. story, the first Same thing on is yeah. offense. Everywhere it is offense. Pride, no. Pride and offense goes hand by hand. If you're not proud, you cannot be offended. Hmm. A simple question is, why is Jesus not offended? He he's offended. He's upset when they do stuff to hmm. his house hmm. with his father. That's a different thing. Yes. But he loves them. Through hmm. it all, he loves them and he forgives them. But personally, he doesn't take anything. Pride and offense goes okay, goes together. And in both these things, there are so many other factors. One factor is knowledge. When knowledge comes in, knowledge puffs up. Knowledge pops up. So the knowledge of a person also, there is pride comes and he gets offended very fast mm. because my opinion was not received. I am so much more knowledgeable than others. And my ignorance is also the same thing. Ignorant people also get offended because they don't have knowledge. And in their ignorance, they get offended. See, ignorance also destroys. Knowledge also destroys. The only thing that will not fail is love. <laughs> but that's not man's love. It's a different ball game altogether. It is the love of God. Yes, Pastor Vijay, let's go to. So it's another question on relationship. This is question number five. Closed again. This is in a in a setting of a family. Mm-hmm. In Genesis chapter two, verses twenty four to thirty five, and and Ephesians chapter five, verses thirty one and thirty two, it is written, "Man shall leave and cleave." How do we practically apply this in our lives? Okay, let us go to Genesis two. Twenty-four, twenty-five. Okay. Now, if you go to twenty-three, this is after Eve was brought to Adam. Said, okay. Now, this is Adam, and Adam. This is the first time we hear Adam speak mm. in Scripture. 
Okay, so it's not Adam speaking; it's the Spirit of Christ speaking through Adam. So it's a prophetic. Okay, this is now the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one. Mm. And the Bible says they were naked and they were not ashamed. So mm. now he is talking about she is a bone. We are one. We are not two. We are one. But in how we are one flesh. Mm. We are one flesh. Okay. We are two separate entities. So we are the oneness is in the in the physical. Yeah. In, in efficiency, when you come to it. The Spirit of God through Apostle Paul brings it and connects it to Christ and the church. Okay? And it says, for this purpose. 31. Okay? 31. 5, 31 and 32. 31, 32. For this reason, okay, man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. church. Okay? So when Adam is speaking prophetically, please remember, there's no father and mother. There's no father and mother. They both have no father and mother. They have only a heavenly father. There's no father and mother picture over there. So this is put across as a principle, not a law. It's put across as a principle because if you make it into a law, it is very dangerous. It's put it across as a principle. Hmm. The principle is that why should a man leave his father and mother? So there is unity between the husband and wife. That's yes. the purpose. Yes. If that is not there, if that is not your purpose, then the leaving doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. On the other hand, if the father and mother never intervenes so in the relationship between a man and his wife, there's no need to leave either. Mm. Isaac didn't take Rebecca and go far away. He stayed with his father. Abraham never intervened in Isaac's life. We need to understand what is the purpose. the whole thing that if you make a law, you will destroy it all. You will destroy it all. This is not a law. This is a principle. Because to understand the principle, you need to understand the purpose. What is the purpose? What is the purpose? The purpose is unity. And you have a father and a mother. I'm not saying all live under a joint family system. and all. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, if you have a godly father and a mother, they don't intervene, interfere in your life. They don't tell you what to do or anything, but they're always there. If you go to them, they're there to give you counsel, to advise. Leave your children with us. You need to do something. All that. I mean, I would any day leave my children with my mother than with a maid. Yes. Yeah, because I know they are safe. So they are safe. Mm. It's a grandmother. You know, they are safe. Mm. Okay. So what I'm saying is that if you look at it that way, you have to understand what is the purpose. This is the purpose. And we make it into a law. The whole thing is that what happens, you have to be careful on both sides. One, you have to understand the purpose. And that that purpose should be at the core. And uh, once that purpose is being fulfilled over here, and there is no issue from this other side also, no, because we have, like like in my case, like now, mom is not well. So one brother is already in town. The others are all coming. By next Sunday, I will be all five will be here. Okay, all five will be here, and it's a family. It's a blood. We are brothers and sisters. It's one family that can never be taken away. Can never be taken. Away. Okay, and that's where you know my wife understands that. My wife understands that, and she will never come in between. 
Not that we are all living together. No, we are not. We all have our places. But we are coming together. That's my brothers. That's my sisters. And her brother, her sister. See, we are all close. We are close. Yes, there is a much more closeness with the believing brother and sister than with the unbelieving brother and sister. But you cannot separate family. You cannot separate family. When Jacob had to get married, his father and mother were very clear. Mm. Go, go back to family. Get married. They don't marry from here. Marry from here. Okay. Now, mom is not well. I have all the relatives calling up. Cousins, uncles and aunts and cousins and all. And it's absolutely nice to listen to them when they call video calls to see them after so many years. And everybody is concerned. Nobody is even thinking about any offense or this thing. Nobody is even talking about any of those things. Not that there were any issues in the family, but in a situation like this, all this is gone Forgot. and forgotten. Yes, absolutely. All yeah. this is gone. It takes precedence. Yeah, this takes precedence. Yeah. Because sometimes what happens is that, yes, we have to forget that Indian culture, join family this thing. But we also have to bring the kingdom culture. Hmm. The kingdom culture. My question to you in kingdom culture is, go to Acts chapter 2 and read from verse 42 onwards. <laughs> and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. You know the rest, right? Sold their possessions, goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily. But this is talking about a church family. The church family is like that. Can the family be less? No. Can it be less? No. I ask you a simple hypothetical question. This is demanded of a church family. What is demanded from a flesh and blood family? And especially if they are all believers. Because a church is related by spirit. The believing brethren in their own family is first, it is related by blood, and it is related by spirit. This, Pastor Vijay, I got to know, like how many years? 15, 16 years. 16 years. Right? My elder sister, who is a believer, I have known her all my life. Mm. Then, after she became a believer. So, we need to understand, sometimes people are very kind to brethren in the church and very unkind to family members. Very unkind mm. to family members. And this is because we, we have made this into a law. Mm. This is not a law, this is a principle. Mm. This is a principle. No, this is a principle. Okay, because you can never, you can never, it's, it's flesh and blood. Yes. You are united by something that you came from the same home. Same home. You know, Jacob has never seen Rachel. The minute he sees Rachel, he weeps. Yeah. I mean, have you, do you know this girl? Mm, no. Mm. Okay, Laban is a crook. But that's not the point. The point is, what is? It's family. Mm. It's, it's family. Mm. It's family. Those things don't change. And sometimes we, we make this into very, very legalistic and the law, and we break the whole thing. And you know what we are breaking? We are breaking the law of love. love. Yep. We are breaking the, the law, law of love. love. We are breaking it. 
ነው አብሶሉትሊ አንድ ቪ ሃስ ቢሊቨርስ ሹድ ቢ ኤብል ቱ ሾ ዘ ኢሹስ ሜ ቢ देयर ቡት ዳስ ኖት ዘ ኢሹ ዘ ባይብል ሴስ ሎቭ ካቨርስ ሎቭ ካቨርስ ኦፍ ማልቲቲዩድ ኦፍ ሲንስ ቡት ዳስ ኖት ሰምታይምስ ዋት ዩ ሲ ኢት ዳስ ኖት ካቨር ኢት ሲምስ ቲ ቢ ኤክስፖሲቭ ኤንድ ዳስ ኖት ሎቭ so we have to be very very careful we are not talking about the joint family system where the father controls all the married children we are not talking about that so that is not acceptable in the kingdom of god yet if your father is a very godly man like the prodigal son's father if he says something listen listen because he sees stuff your father says something she sees stuff which you because parents have discernment <coughs> mother still has better discernment when she's her mind is working because she sees stuff which we haven't seen mm. the reason is not spiritual experience, seeing, experience. they have years and years and years of experience of dealing with people mm. okay so don't put on your spiritual cap and say i don't have to listen no listen listen carefully mm. listen carefully what they are saying listen carefully mm. okay i'm mean, to do it or not but our ears should be open mm. and sometimes relationships that. are sometimes people are able to relate to people in the church better than they are able to relate with believers in the family and believers in the family i can understand it just be kind just be loving don't try to preach to them pray for them and be let like your life be a witness sometimes for the life to become a witness may take years and yes. years because they know you very well and mm. they want to be absolutely sure you have changed this is genuine mm. this is genuine because mm. they have seen you pretending also yep, yep. they mm. know you inside out because you all grew up together absolutely. so they want to be absolutely sure this is consistent mm. that you really really have changed, changed. then it may be many many years down the line mm. but the fact is that that's what works with family the sudden zeal and bringing scripture and telling and all else have you have heard it all if you want to hear any of that mm. which is true they're not interested in that what are they interested in is your life your life and that will change so whenever you are in coming in with family it's family and this thing has been misconstrued mm. and destroyed homes when it didn't have to be destroyed it have to be destroyed doesn't have to be destroyed boy okay mm. and <coughs> that is why we know our boundaries but the entire purpose of boundaries and walls or rules is for relationship. have very healthy relationships. relationships yes so the boundaries you have drawn is creating unhealthy relationships the boundaries are wrong meaningless yeah it's pointless mm-hmm. absolutely pointless Yep. everything yeah. god says is to have healthy relationship and commands for the whole purpose is that we have healthy relationship but if you are using the 10 commandments to destroy relationship meaning you didn't understand the whole purpose you know amen you didn't understand the purpose and this is where people have to understand because you know we have a lot of people in our churches who have come from married or come from non christian backgrounds and we have cases where one spouse may be from a non-christian and one may be from a christian and you have to be very careful how you how you relate to each other with a non-christian be quiet be a witness be quiet but don't be partakers of their stuff which is connected to their religion because it is dangerous for yes. us 
Okay, don't lean on them. Don't depend upon yeah. them as far as possible. Never depend upon unbelieving family members because their source is tainted, mm-hmm. even though they may be righteous. Because part of the money they give you, they have offered it to the other deities. That's one of the things I always did in my life. When it comes to my unbelieving family, it didn't matter back against the wall, I refused. Very politely, very kindly, never offended them or this thing. No, never this thing. But believing side of the family, there is no issue because you know. These are principles with you. But in through it all, you cover it with love. Mm-hmm. You cover it with love. You know, now you have to handle all those things, how you deal with the unbelieving members in your family. Just be kind and be consistent. With the believing, remember, wow, we have been bound with a threefold God. <laughs> we are one blood. We are one, one spirit. spirit. We belong to the family of God family and the family of God and, and the from family. Your mouth. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Hmm. It should be much, much closer. Beautiful. That yes. way. Much, much more closer. Amen. But if you're offended, you're gone. Of also offense and all. I mean, there are so many parts of this thing, you know. One of the first things which you which you should have in a marriage relationship, because it's got to do with marriage relationship, is I would always say the honest is always upon the head, right? Mm. Not upon the body. My body doesn't wake up in the morning and decide to go somewhere. <laughs> the head decides where the body is going to mm. go. So it is the duty of the head to make the body secure. Mm. Much of the issues in comes because the woman is unsecure. Woman is unsecure. Bah. And if the woman is secure, I got you back. You don't have to worry. I got you back. I got you back. She yes. becomes also an active yeah. part in the relationship <laughs> in terms thing, of you know? uh, strengthening. But when and family. this is where this is. I mean, when you, I, I disagree totally with the Indian joint family system, but I also agree with the fact, like in my case, anybody's case, when your parents grow old, you need to take care of them. Yes, yes. We don't put them in an old age home. Because we don't have that kind of old age homes in India, that mm. kind of really good, godly places. We don't have it. So old age home, I would never say. I would say take care of your parents when they grow old. And when they, they move in with you, it is not very easy. <coughs> it is mm. difficult. And these are fundamental counsels which I give. Give to my wife and I give it to other sisters also. I'll tell you, see, the hub of a home is a kitchen. Mm. Home is a kitchen. That is the hub. That's where life. No? Now, if it's, if it's your father who's moving in, usually there isn't so much trouble. Your mother passed away. It's your old father who's moved in. Usually there is not because if father usually are very gentle with the daughters, so yes. gentle with the, the daughters. daughters-in-law. Yeah. But if it's the mother, then the kitchen becomes an issue. Mm. kitchen becomes an issue and mothers are usually very possessive about their sons and when they say I know my son and I know what he likes they're stating a fact they're stating a fact <laughs> they're stating a fact, <laughs> stating a fact. It, is, it is not a it's not a lie it's a fact but the son also 
says, yeah, but I've been married for so many years. My taste buds have changed. I'm mm. okay with this. I'm okay with that. But if you relinquish your kitchen, you're gone. So that's where the truce has to be there. A very, very <laughs> delicate, know, delicate <laughs> truce. <laughs> this oh, is. It's you need a, a lot of wisdom. <laughs> you need a lot of wisdom because you're suddenly caught between two women. And mm. you cannot mm. offend or hurt either. One is your mother, the other is your wife. Okay? So, in this case, or let us say, a sister-in-law. Case scenarios, the sister-in-law is a widow, she's old, the sister-in-law moves. I have no homes like that. The sister-in-law comes in over there. So, it is a husband, sister, and the wife and the sister-in-law has. I mean, you have to... Because this, you can't say, no, 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 put your sister in an old age form. And God says, where is your love? Mm. <coughs> Unless she's creating trouble. Mm. And this is where you have to delicately sit there together. Because this is all a test for us. The simple question you need to ask is, how many years are going to live on earth? Yeah. What is this all fuss about? This is your I entire think. scenario God has allowed into your lives to earn your rewards in heaven. Mm-hmm. Because it's all based on relationships. So if you can't handle relationships, the simple factor is your faith has failed. Your love has failed. Yep. Okay. So it's all about relationships. Mm. Okay. And that is where you have to use wisdom. And the whole thing is kindness. The Bible says the first thing about love, it says is love suffers long, long. and it is still kind. So who is the one suffering? You. And who is the one receiving kindness? The other. Okay. So this security comes. And usually in a home, when either the woman or the man, okay, the woman or the man, the man also can be insecure. insecure. Because if the woman is pulling the man to the woman's side of the family, one side of the family, then the man becomes insecure. And becomes insane. The reason is because it's her parents, her family. The, all these kind scenarios are there. The man takes a woman to his side of the family. Now you have to be careful that the woman is secure. Because she can't speak to them. You can. The woman pulls a man onto the other on the side. You have to be very, very careful. But usually what men do is that they just allow them to go and he doesn't go. <laughs> you go visit your this thing and come. You go, you go, go. But you cannot escape that either cannot escape either because then what it affects it's it affects your oneness you one so everywhere you have to learn how to balance everywhere you have to learn how to balance otherwise what will happen is that it will affect relationships in the long run yep. it will affect the relationship like if you are in Hyderabad, let's say you are a family in Hyderabad your home is in Bangalore your wife's home is in Pune be careful that you're fair and you divide your vacations. If you go home, go there seven days, go there seven days. You cannot create because the children will know. Mm. Children will know. You have to be absolutely balanced in those things so that there is a very healthy relationship. But all kind of scenarios are possible. You are family. You have this side, believing family. You have on the other side, unbelieving family. Then now what you do? Mm. You have to be very wise because the unbelieving family's demands will be different. Mm. 
because where they are coming from is not part of your kingdom culture. Or kingdom culture. You have to be very, very careful about how you do with the unbelieving side of it because let us say there will be idolatry all over. There will be all kinds of things happening over there. So you have to be very, very careful when you go over there to see that you cover them, protect them. You are very, very <coughs> careful. Mm. Absolutely careful because yet be loving and kind and yet don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Because many of the things they will do, they do it out of real, genuine love and concern without even realizing the implications of it, spiritual implications. Mm. Like, let us say you have a child and your spouse comes from a non-Christian background and you visit them. <coughs> the father and the mother, the grandparents go to the temple and they offer arti and offerings all for the grandchildren. And they bring a little prasad and put it in the child's mouth. And you don't even know about it. Oh, boy. All these things happen. All these things happen. And then you don't realize what's happening to this child, what is happening to the child. Why is this child acting so weird? Why is this child so rebellious? Why is this child always falling sick? Mm. So, no, love without discernment is foolish. So, now, love has to be very, very balanced in a culture like ours. And even West, everywhere, you have to be very, very wise about it because it also protects. Like it also protects. So you have to consider these things when you are. You cannot be just that emotional thing without wisdom at all because you put your family in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the thing is that what happens is, let us say, I am married to Ma, and let's say Ma comes from a Hindu family, you know, Muslim, Buddhist, let's put Buddhist safer, Buddhist family, so nobody's offended, you know, Buddhist around her, she comes from a Buddhist family, her parents are Buddhist, and they have all the Buddha statues, and laughing Buddha, crying Buddha, all those things over there, everything, and they are very prayer wheels, and everything over there, the simple thing is that, one, we have to visit them, because we, it's a family, blood. But we have to visit them by faith, always knowing greater is he that is in me than he is Mm. in the world. Yet, the children are vulnerable. Mm. So when we go over there, I have to be very, very, very careful. Very, very careful. And protective, covering, see that, keep an eye on them. They are not part of anything. Nothing is happening. Our prayer life should be at a different level there at all. Mm. Second thing I have to always tell my wife, remember they are your parents. But there's a difference between you and them. That's a difference between light and darkness. Mm. Remember, God has brought you out of darkness into light from the kingdom of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of light. Never, ever forget your first loyalty is to God. It's not what I am saying. Your first loyalty is to God. Mm. Okay, You left that to come here. So when you are going back there, it is not the old person who is going there. It's a different person going there. It's a per- It's not the same person. It is not the same person. So never forget that. That you never forget. Don't bring your emotions and all. Love them as your parents. But remember there's a difference between them and you. You have been born again. You are born again. Mm. You know? Once these things, we know how to balance it, handle it. Because again, other 
core motive. What is our core motive? Our core motive is to save. Mm. If that motive is not there, then relationship will not thrive. Always we are trying, you know, to save people, to bring them, to edify people, to bring them people to a closer relationship with God. In homes, that's how it works. Everywhere it works. You know, that's how it has to work. If it does not work, then leave it alone. And then also, even in in, in a home, in a large home, in a church, also be very realistic. I like this uh, uh, illustration given a long time ago, and then many pastors have used it after that. He says, God says, we are one body, but we are many parts. Mm. Many parts. Even Jesus had three disciples whom he took with him and didn't take the others. I don't know where the others were offended, but that is a right which he has. I can choose my friends. Nobody can come to me and say, you don't have the right. I choose my right to be your friend. I said, I don't want to be <laughs> you to be my friend. It's my choice. Mm. Okay. So we are one body, many parts. God in his wisdom has put my nose and my armpit at a certain distance. <laughs> you get it? Is armpit part of my body? Yes. Is nose part of my body? Yes. But God has strategically put a distance by saying, if you keep maintaining this distance, you can have a healthy relationship. Okay? The person is, don't, don't imagine who the armpit is, okay? Just, just, just leave it alone. Okay, okay, take it. Okay. Leave it alone, okay? So it's a, it's a healthy relationship. As long as we, as we maintain that distance, we have a very healthy relationship. But, so, you need to realize, sometimes in a same home, in a church, there are people with whom you can maintain a very healthy relationship only if you keep a certain distance. Distance. Yes. Certain distance. If you keep a certain distance, but that should not apply to everybody, then that means you are the armpit. Mm. You are the armpit. Everybody is a nose. You are the armpit. Everybody is keeping the distance from you. That means there is a problem with you. Okay, there is a problem with you. And some people, okay, let's be very clear about it. In life, you have to be friendly. Hmm. But, but friends, you will have only yeah, very few friends. really friends. It's not possible to Impossible, be have yeah. close friends with everybody. everybody. No. The problem is that if you are close friends with everybody, that means you have no friends. You do not really know how to build a relationship. relationship. A relationship takes, takes time. It takes trust. Mm. So that you cannot invest in so many people. Mm. Cannot so even um, Jacob has twelve sons, but he trusts only one son. Bah. The ship. He loves them all, but he's able to trust only one. Mm. Does that mean uh, he's being unfair? No. no. Over time, he has seen. These are all my sons, but only one can be relied on, one can be trusted. So that's the same thing that happens. Okay? Mm. But don't be offended. Mm. The simple thing is don't be offended. And don't take these principles and your flesh, oh, in that five minutes, Pastor said, I'd like this one. Okay, that one is the armpit in my life. I'm going to keep. No, no, that's not what it meant. That's not what it meant. Don't run with that. Don't run with that. Don't let your imagination Don't run with that. But that's how it works. Praise God. Because if you say that's like an armpit, the other one will say, well, you are the armpit. Okay, no. But be healthy. Mm. Okay? Be healthy. Have healthy relationships. 
don't be intrusive. Mm. One thing that I ask, one thing, don't be intrusive. intrusive. Relationships are broken by people who are intrusive. Nosy, yes. Nosy. They want to know everything. everything. The simple question is, I don't want to tell you yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. I don't know you to, to tell you everything. It's I don't true. trust you to tell mm. you everything. I want to know what's in your I don't need your counsel. Exactly. So that I can pray for you. I don't need your prayer. Mm. Just pray for me. That's all. People try to be intrusive. That's why when people come into the church and you people leave them alone. Give them time. Let them listen. Let them talk. Let them get. And over time, they will open up. You if sometimes people are all intrusive. And you know, when if you somebody is intrusive, the other person will back off. Mm. Will back off. Okay. We have to learn to not to be. But Indian thing is that we are by nature Indian culture. We are very intrusive. <laughs> Very, very intrusive. It, actually, it's very, it's, it's very subtle. It's harmless in many senses, many cases, but it's not right. It's not the right thing to in do. In Indian culture, it is harmless, mm. but in the church, it becomes mm. harmful, harmful because yeah. we are called to live as a community. Mm. And the problem is that, you know, what we need to realize is this one thing is that this is something which you need to understand when you become a shepherd. God has to call you to be a shepherd. You cannot be a shepherd, okay? What it means. By a shepherd's heart, a father's heart, a mother's heart is this. Many of us cannot receive information without it affecting our thought process with the person. Jesus could know everything about us and still love us till the end. Mm. Many of us do not have the maturity to handle information about somebody else. It immediately starts messing our mind. That's why we shouldn't know. To, like I keep telling, why am I able to love all the pastors who come to a pastor's conference? Because I don't know anything, anything about, about them. them. I don't want to know anything about them other than their troubles. They come and tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything about them. It's very easy to love people. Why do you want to know all their business? Why do you want to know about their personal lives? Why do you, how is it helping? Yes. Can it be a help? Can, are you really a help? No, you're not really a help. Mm. Do you really love that person? Do you pray for that person every day? Have you been there to help that person? No. Then stay away. Mm. So we need to be practical about all these things. Mm. You know? Because people are not dealing from the spirit from where God wants us to spirit. Either they are dealing from their emotions or they are dealing from the reason. From the reason. And they all have their place, but if emotion is on the top, it's very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Because what happens is that if you look, you know, if you look at, this is why it is important, because we are living in a times where almost every fam family is kind of dysfunctional, come from dysfunctional families, because fathers didn't know how to be fathers, mothers did not know what mothers, and God forgives because... We didn't know. Yeah. You see, it's like a tape which has been playing over and over and over and finally it plays, it starts creaking and cracking and all that. 6,000 years, this human DNA has been playing out and sin has reached its point. Everything is cracking and creaking. The end is here. So in a situation like this, we are at a church like ours, we have to be very And churches are all like that. Every church is full of oppressed, broken people. The thing is that, <coughs> I'll tell you the situation. Man, woman, family, because we're talking about family. If you are a woman in a, fa in a home, in a wife, in a home, 
you're having serious problems with your husband or whatever it is and you're another somehow there is a familiar spirit will bring these women together yeah it's true familiar spirit that will bring these mm. women together the oppressed woman from family a the suppressed woman from family b the offended woman from family c they all become one one group one thing and usually they are discussing their spouses and how much pain and sorrow and grief they are going through and it is not edifying god will not interfere in those homes he will not because you are not covering you are exposing you know you are not even really praying or helping each other okay it's not healthy and the same thing can happen with men men who have serious marriage issues okay have issues in their this thing and another man has serious marriage issues they also cling together because they find something familiar but this is not sports you know cricket lovers who come and sit and talk cricket this is life this is life and this is where we have to be very very careful about it because this is not how the body of christ works body of christ or a home does not move it 10 boys ganged up against a youngest brother who was an orphan who didn't have a mother they ganged up what was their unity the unity was offense hatred yeah mm. they were offended and in offense. there was nothing common between the 10 all the prophecies over all the 10 are different, different yeah. nothing common about the four okay but this 10 were united in their offense and we need to be very very careful am i united in love or am i united in offense Okay, and then it doesn't work. So these are the things we need to ask ourselves. See, unity is not a solution unless it's in unity by faith in the Spirit through love. Yeah. Otherwise, unity has no meaning. In religion, there is unity. In communism, there is unity. Everywhere there is unity. So we are not putting unity as a law. No, unity has to be in faith mm-hmm. in the Spirit, and it should be worked out through love. Mm. So whether it is a home. or it is a church that's how it works yes pastor vijay so when it talks about leaving and cleaving don't mm. take it and run with it mm. pastor there's so many questions on giving again this is on related to relationships and how to respond in love uh this is question number 6 sami what a great fruit of salvation martin luther actually said there are three conver- con- conversions necessary the conversion of the heart the conversion of the mind and the purse if we cannot love without giving do we sincerely love others indeed there was actually question number 7 also say on the same lines pastor are we living a selfish life by always being concerned about ourselves or do we have a loving heart like jesus who's concerned to help the needy do we primarily give in love or with an experience to be personally benefited or even more okay how do we do this See, yeah, Martin Luther. There are three conversions: the conversion of the heart, the mind, and the words. It begins with the heart. Okay, mm. it doesn't begin with the mind. There's no point of conversion with the mind as long as the heart has never. That's what the Bible God tells in Ezekiel, Jeremiah. He will give us a new heart. Salvation heart does not mean the organ that pumps blood. That's the mm. core of your personality. The core is deepest part mm. of us. So He says, "I will take the heart of stone and give you." a heart of flesh meaning soft that's where it all the new heart there too jeremiah will say the heart is deceitful above all things that's the old heart don't apply it to the new heart the new heart is born of god it is of god it is not deceitful mm. it will always tell you the truth 
Yeah. The problem is you don't listen to it. You still listen to the old one. Listen to the new one. So the first thing is a change of heart, a new heart. Once the heart is new, you have to change your thinking. That is the renewing of your of your mind, not conforming to the pattern of the world. And then the heart and the purse. Hmm. Purse, we are talking about money. But I wouldn't put money alone because a lot of people don't have money to give, but they always have something to give. Hmm. If you don't, if you're only looking in terms of money, Mm -hmm. everybody has not been given money in the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, we read, those who had Mm. sold and laid the money at the foot of them. But what about those who did not have? Didn't they give? So what did they give? Mm. Apostles have silver and gold we do not have. Mm. Gold and silver, but they Mm. gave what we have, we gave. So everybody has something Mm. to give. Everybody has something to Mm. give. Going to the second part of it, okay? The whole Pastor, thing. Pastor, is there's a, another question. Uh, Sami, yes. just can you put question number uh, 10 also? Okay. Uh, not not 10. Uh, question number 9. Question number 9 is on the same. Scripture teaches that our faith in God without charity for our fellow brothers is dead. Is, is dead. Is, please yeah. explain. So they're all yeah. same, okay. similar same. questions. Okay. Similar now, questions. Technically or psychologically, if psychology means psyche means mind, okay? This, usually it is said, motivation, what motivates you matters. That I said there are four kinds of things that motivates people. First thing is advancement. Mm. If two companies are there, one company offers you, let us say, 30K a month with rapid chances of promotion, and the another says 25 a month, but promotion will be very, I'll say 40 a month, but promotion will be very slow. People, Many people will take the first one because advancement is a huge Huge motivation, success, advancement. So a lot of people, uh, whatever yourself is being advanced, advancement is a motivation. Mm. Second thing is, not in that order, second thing is selfishness. Mm. What motivates people is selfishness. We'll come to that. Third is madness. Hitler was mad. Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, these people are all mad, crazy people. And they used an entire nation for their madness to advance their madness. Okay, So madness is a very, very powerful motivation. Hmm. And if a madman becomes a leader, he takes the whole country down with him. Okay, madness. And the fourth one we would say is purpose. It can be something that is in religion you see selfless, altruistic, okay, selfless giving, or it can be kingdom connected. Okay, so we need to ask finally in this question is, what is motivating us? Mm. That is what is important. What is motivating us? Okay, I was telling some somebody, somebody would comes and ask me, Tell me about me. Am I hardworking? And I said, no, you are not. I'm not hardworking? No. But I wake up in the morning and let's say simply about a student. I wake up in the morning and I study till late in the night. So I said, that doesn't mean you're hardworking. You're hardworking only in what you see advancement. 
Hardworking is in every area, even where there is nothing in that for you. That's a hardworking person. Mm. The other is a selfish person. Hardworking but selfish. Jesus was not selfish, but he was hardworking. Mm. He was hardworking in everything. He was hardworking in his prayer life. He was hardworking in his word life. He was hardworking in his ministry. He was hardworking in helping others. He was hardworking. So don't automatically take these things by saying that I'm hardworking. But the question is, what is motivating your hard work? Would the king consider you hardworking? Would the king consider you hardworking? Mm. Because I still remember the f- my first pastor telling me, and I can't forget that words he told me. This was way back in 91, 92. He said, James, your obedience will be always true only when you are told by God to do what you don't like. That is true obedience. As long as you like what you are doing, it's not obedience. Though it is obedience, it's not really obedience. And we need to ask ourselves, what I do in a whole day, if I'm only doing the things with full concentration, 100% energy, attention, everything, are the things which I like, then there's no benefit in it. There's no benefit in it. Hmm. The motivation is still self. Still self. Okay. And in charity, in religious charity, altruistic charity, okay, there is a psychological term called altruistic narcissism, Hmm. which basically means they do good things for their own own, and they have to be recognized. Mm -hmm. If they are not recognized, they get very upset. No. The whole world is full of those recognitions they will give you. Okay, so Jesus was not. This is usual. Say, keep quiet. Don't talk about this. And you will go away from that, please. Okay. So we need to be very, <laughs> very careful about these things because you know what? This is not condemned. This is not to condemn yeah. because you are in a race mm. and you're going to stand. You've got only one chance to stand before the judgment seat. You don't have a second chance to come back and put it right. And no. You get only one life on earth to decide your eternity. Not your salvation. Salvation is a work of God. One chance. And therefore, why you do things have to be very, very clear. Because a lot of the good things which people do is because they like it. They like it. If they don't like it, they won't do it. They won't do it. They don't like it. Or they are, they are put in a particular, the simple situations which we need to ask ourselves, okay, I do, I'm doing all these things. But, if my situation were to change, would I still do it? Okay, meaning, I'm doing a whole lot of things. Like I said, tomorrow, there is a click in India, bank account comes $10 million. How radically would your life change? <laughs> I'm not saying certain things have to, to change, change. Have yeah. to change. But your core person, who yeah. you were, are you still that same, same person yeah. who is not feeding self? Oh. Yeah. Feeding self. Mm-hmm. Okay, feeding. That is where David went wrong. That is where his fall became. At the time when kings go to war, he stayed at home. Hmm. That was the beginning of his fall. When he had won over all his enemies and there were still some enemies to be won, he, okay, 
that job go i'll stay back at home no you can't you will never change those are core issues what is your motivation you are the guy who said is there not a cost the cost is still there the mm-hmm. cost has never changed the cost is the king and the kingdom mm-hmm. that is the cost and that is where we need to understand what is that motivates me mm-hmm. if my what motivation is not god and the other person love your god with all your heart all your mind with all your soul all your strength love and he says close to it is the second one love your neighbor as yourself this are that as yourself <coughs> the simple thing is that like i preached in that last saturday sunday to that church is that you cannot love your neighbor unless you love you unless you know how to love yourself yes, yes, yes. okay go to Ephesians chapter five, thirty-five, thirty-six. Yes, every husband will nourishes himself. Yeah, thirty-five, thirty-six. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, not thirty-five. Twenty-five, twenty-five, twenty-six. Hmm. Twenty-eight, twenty. Sorry, five, twenty-eight, and twenty-nine. Okay, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Hmm. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Hmm. The simple prop thing is that this is an issue with men. Most men don't nourish and cherish their bodies. When never taught from the beginning by their parents to take care of themselves. If you don't love yourself and take care of yourself, when you get married, how are you going to take care of your wife, who is God says is part of you? Hmm. when you did not take her of yourself so the thing is that many men or all men love their wives exactly as they love themselves they don't love themselves they don't know how it is to love themselves even in the physical part of it how to love themselves they don't know how to take care of themselves they don't know how to take care of their mind they don't know how to take care of their emotions this is who you this is the way you need to nourish and cherish your wife hmm. but when you don't take care of yourself how are you going to take care of her hmm. Are you going to take care of her? So the problem here is this is what this is the whole thing. So when the husband says, "I don't know what your problem is. I love you," basically he says, "I love you the way I love myself." Hmm. And God says, "That's not the way I expected you to love yourself in the first place." Mm. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Like we talked last Sunday, or four dimensions of yeah. love, or two yeah. facets of love, but there are four directions of love. Yes. The four directions is first, Towards God power. loves me. that's where it all begins forget the rest until you have received that you cannot love you don't know how to love mm. because there's only one love that is genuine that is the love of god for me and romans 5:5 5, 5 says he has poured that love into our hearts that's god's love for me right <coughs> love does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out into our hearts by the holy spirit who was given to that's a new heart deep within our spirit there is a love everybody is reacting from the love from their flesh or from their emo- from their reason they are not going deep and i gave that illustration on friday right my grandfather's property where i lived as a child grew up for five years we it was on the three, side of a hill so levels. there was three levels and we had three wells so when you were young you went down to the one which was at the bottom because you just had to draw two yards of rope and the water came up it's very easy but if you went to the middle you had to lay 
let a long rope. And you know the rope is not easy because it's quiet. Yeah. It's quiet and it hurts your hand and you're a young kid. So you went to the bottom. But sometimes you go to the middle. But at the top, what happens, you have to let down the rope a lot and pull it up. But the difference is the water. The water at the bottom, you cannot drink. Water at the top, it is crystal clear and you can drink. But it takes a lot of effort to get it out. So you have a love in your flesh. You have a love in your soul. And then deep inside in your spirit, God has poured his love. Mm. His love. That is the love which is called agape. That is the love by which God tells us to love. And that love loves yourself. Because you know, you look at yourself and you realize the price God has paid for you. Mm. Value comes not from the Self. Value comes from the buyer. The buyer, the market is that decides the price. Yes. It is not the seller. So we were not redeemed by gold or silver. We were redeemed by the blood yes. of God's only son, his life. So that is the value first I have to attach to myself. This is who I am. Mm. You know what? It doesn't matter what people say. This is the price God paid for me. Okay, He paid for me. So I learned to have a very healthy love for myself, it is not narcissistic. Then I look at another person and say, you know, that person has the same value. The the price God paid for that other person is exactly the same price. So we are of both same value. Now that I have been bought, God is confirming me into something else. So this is what God wants me to be. So if I love myself, this is what I want the other person also to be because there's room for everybody. There's no room for jealousy, envy, <coughs> nothing. We are not competing with each other. This is the actual love. As long as that hasn't come in and we are trying it from our emotions, it fluctuates, we get angry, offended, bitter because that love never can sustain or you come from your reason, then you, your reason tells you five different reasons why it should be right to be unloving to you. Hmm. She did this to me, he did this to me, that is the way she always is. Reason will give you all these reasons. So you are loving only when you are reasonable, when you have a reason. But the love of God doesn't work that way. Hmm. The love of God, it says first, he loved us when we were his enemies. Yes. He loved us when we had no strength. Mm. He loved us when we were sinners. Christ oh. Jesus came and died. It has no reason. It defies even reason. So when you are living as a community, even in a home or in a church, God says, <coughs> love that way. Love that way. Most people, because, like I said, <coughs> from Adam onwards, Adam fell, Eve fell, every home was dysfunctional. Every home was dysfunctional. So they have grown up with, <coughs> all have grown up with very unhealthy patterns. And those patterns have been imprinted into our heads. And we love ourselves that way. So you'll say, okay, my father never loved my wife, his mother. So that is okay. My father never spent anything for his um, his wife. Mm. He never bought anything. Now you know what? I react the exact way. My father was always, uh, when he was drunk, so I don't drink. He smoked. I won't smoke. He, when he was drunk, beat up his wife. I will never raise my hand. 
He never got anything for my wife. So everywhere I go, I will always buy something for my wife. You can also think the different mm. way. You mm. don't have to always have a set pattern. You go into this pattern and decide, this is what I am going to be. So you don't accept <laughs> approved patterns in your life. You look into the word of God and says, what is God? How would he react? How would he react? Okay, my father would, I mean, I look at my life. I mean, I never was upset. Or I only felt very sorry for my father because I don't blame him. That's the way he was brought up. In his ancestral home, which was this huge home with an in, inside courtyard kind of a place where only the women went. The women did not go so much outside. No? Like we call it, like it's a with an open yard inside for the women. The men went out. All the years he grew up in his father's home, he was never allowed to enter the kitchen. It was a no-no. So understand where he comes from. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to boil water. He's never been used. And the mother, when my mother married him and came here, he understood that's what he And she kept him that way all her life. So I am not going to blame my father because he is a product of the culture. But I am being born again. No, I'm not a product of that culture. I'm a product of the kingdom of God. So I need to look into Jesus and see what does Jesus do for his wife? Mm. The church is his wife. What does Jesus do for his children? We are his children. What does he do? Simple. Go through the gospels and see what he did for his disciples. That is where you pick your lessons from. It doesn't happen overnight, but you need to know your foundations, your principles. The mm. thing is that you may not get it back from another person. Mm. I'm telling you actual real situations, okay? Like, because we are all men sitting over here. You may be married to a woman who's come from a very healthy home. Healthy home. Where father was very loving, mother was very kind, siblings were all that, okay. So, you get to marry to a man who goes out of his way to serve you, you take it for granted, because it's nothing different for you. So, the man will be frustrated by saying, I do all this, I do all this, I do all, but I'm not getting anything in back, any appreciation at all, because what you expect as appreciation was normal in her home. Or a man must come, might come from a home where everything was taken care of for him. That's the way he was raised. Now if he marries a girl who comes from a home, nothing was done for the father or the children or anything. It's a totally dysfunctional home. So she bends backward to serve her husband. He doesn't even say a thank you. Because for him what he's receiving is normal. <laughs> See, we all come up with this backgrounds and we are fighting over this culture without realizing God has given us something. He says, you know what? Would you please each one deny yourself? First, not pick up the cross. The cross is sacrifice. Don't pick up the cross. Deny yourself. Because the problem is if you deny, do not deny yourself and pick up the cross, you will get very bitter and offended because you are not getting anything back to feed yourself mm. for all the good things you are doing. That's why he doesn't say pick the cross. He says deny yourself. Because once I have denied your, myself and I laid down my life for my home or for my church, even if nothing happens, there is no self to get offended. Mm. 
See, Jesus is not offended with the church. He's not offended with his disciples. Mm. Judas has come with the crowd, with the mob to arrest him, and he says, my friend, he doesn't call him, okay, I, was, I knew this was happening, I knew you were, he didn't say, he's not offended. He's not offended with Peter. He says, Peter, do you love me? <laughs> Peter, I have, I'm really struggling to love you, Peter. That's not what he says. He says, Peter, don't ever question me. I love you. I absolutely love you. But my question is, I have to restore you back to ministry. So I need to ask this question to you. Do you love me? This is the fundamental which we need to realize. That is why I'm talking about, you know, the word of God through the spirit has to enter into our spirit and change our nature. It's, word of God is not an intellectual thing. Mm. It has to change our being because you know what? We all came from different settings. And all those settings were wrong. Some were more right, some were less. But all were wrong. The thing is that God has put a picture before us. And that's why the Bible says the whole family in heaven and earth gets its name from God, who is a father. That's why I always keep talking about the family is important. And if the family is dysfunctional, the church will become dysfunctional. Become dysfunctional. Because the church is a family. And churches are so weak today, it's got nothing to do primarily with the church. It's because the homes are weak. Mm. Homes are weak. And where are the where are the why are the homes weak? The homes are weak because the father and the mother are weak. Weak in the truth of how it should be. Either it is emotions or it is reason, but nobody is going down into the spirit and drawing from there. Mm. Drawing from there. If you go to Ephesians chapter uh, 4 and verse 32, if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, go to 31 and 32. (coughs) Now look, it's all, you have to take it personally. If you take it in the home, take it in the church. This is a family. This is a family message because that's where he talks about the whole family. family. So that's all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay, now he's saying put it all away. So simple illustration which I used, I think, last week. I'm not very sure. Look at the illustration which God says. He says, your one body, many parts. Okay, so let us look at two parts, three parts here. My ear is here, my eye is here, my nose is here, my mouth is here. Let us simply say, I'm going to drink this. Okay, my eye looks at it. My nose smells it. My eye and nose will not smell light to my mouth. They will not lie to me. The minute, if it's the first time I sing, I look at the color and ask, Brother, what is this? Who told me that? My eye told me. Now, this is supposed to go into my mouth, but my eye is now telling my mouth, before you take it, check what it is. It smells different. Okay? You need to realize, your ear will not lie to your eye, your eye will not lie to your nose, your nose will not lie to your mouth. Mm. That's why in Ephesians the Bible says, speak the truth to one another. Mm. 
speak the truth to one another. These are foundations of a home, of a family, of a church. They're all bitterness. You think my ear will be bitter with my eye? No? I will be angry with my nose? This is a new life. We don't reach there in one day, but God says, if you don't understand these things, you will not grow. So the thing is that, yes, we are not connected like this in the physical, not even a husband and a wife. We are connected in the spirit. But he says, get this. So what you can do is that you can choose not to be bitter. Hmm. You can choose not to walk in wrath. You can choose not to be angry. Or if you are angry, you can choose to be angry and not sin. You have to be angry. If you are ahead, you have to be angry. You cannot, you cannot be not angry because the head is supposed to be taking decisions. And when decisions are taken and the decisions are not carried out the way it was intended consistently, then there has to be, because if you don't have anger, then what you will do, you will compromise. And a relationship based on compromise is always unhealthy and bound to fail. Mm. But when you are angry, remember, it's an issue and not the relationship. Don't be angry at the relationship. Be angry at the issue. This is what I was told. You're consistently doing the same thing. It cannot continue this way because it is affecting the whole structure. If it's a home, it's affecting the home, the peace of the home, or it's affecting the church, or it's affecting an institution. So Bible says be angry, but do not sin. Hmm. But you know, it says, but through it all, you know what? Be kind to one another. The new heart is tender heart. I've taken the heart of stone, stone, hard heart. So simple question is, which heart am I working from? The old heart or the new heart? When the psalmist says, as a father pities his son, the Lord pities us. Because why? He knows what man is. He's dust. He knows our frame. He's just dust. You know? And that's what the Bible says. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. And the most important thing, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave. How did God forgive us? See, when it comes to forgiveness, everywhere in the Bible, if you look, there's something that is consistent, especially in the New, new Covenant. He says, when you forgive, forgive God the way Christ. God forgives. Mm. How does God forgive? Completely. Mm. And the thing is that he forgets. Mm. And we have to learn to forget. We have to learn to forget. When I'm t- again, I'm repeating what I said in the beginning. When we are talking about it, we are f- learning to forget is not the incident. It to forget the offense, the hurt. The hurt does we go. need to forget, especially in homes. homes. You do marriage counseling, you don't. You will be shocked by how much people remember little things from the past. Relation, I mean, they don't realize how stupid it sounds to somebody else. You mean four years ago, this thing you're still carrying it like a bee in the bonnet? No wonder you are troubled. And the other person sometimes doesn't even remember it. Hmm. Oh, okay. So you need to realize this is how. You know, it remains dormant. But the problem is that is affecting your behavior because you haven't forgiven and forgotten it. It's not worth remembering. I mean, all you buy the best pair of shoes. The best pair of shoes, the most expensive pair of shoes. Put on your socks and then put one pebble in the shoe and walk. 
that one little pebble in your shoe is now affecting your entire gait and walk, right? And that's what offense does. So when God says, do not be offended, do not be bitter, do not be wrathful, do not be angry, clamor, evil speaking, don't speak evil. Don't speak evil. No? Why, why do you want to speak evil? But what happens? Huh? Imagine my ear speaks evil to my eye. So, you know, then my body gets affected. No, so that's where we have to be very, very careful. No? Evil speaking, no? very, very careful. Okay, because you always have to realize how am I, how am I edifying the body? In which way am I helping in this situation? No? It's like that guy called Ziba. Remember the guy <sighs> called Ziba? Yes. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. No? He's lame. Okay, so is there anybody from the house? His king is come with a big heart. He wants to be so kind. Anybody from the household of Saul to whom I can show mercy for the sake of Jonathan and Ziba? Yes, there is one. Mephibosheth. But he's lame. Meaning he doesn't deserve. Now, why do you have to bring that? How is this one? Oh, that one is very nice. But she is... Why did you have to bring that? <laughs> Why did he have to bring that in? <laughs> Why did he have to bring that in? No, he is. You didn't have to bring that. No, I'm just trying to warn you. But am I not a bastard? Uh. Do you think I have no discernment? Uh, uh. You mean God speaks about my sheep to you so that you can report it to me? Through gossip? That's not nice. That's not nice. You know, so, people... See, when you get this thing into your head, it immediately affects the way you look at another person. Okay, it affects. Okay. I'm not, because see, <coughs> love and trust are two different things. Okay. But love you love. Trust has to be earned. Okay, trust has to be earned. Okay, but that lack of trust only should happen, lack of trust, our reaction to lack of trust should be only in this thing. I cannot depend upon you. No. Okay? Therefore, I will give these responsibilities to others. That does not mean I don't love you. Be trustworthy again. Yeah. You will get your responsibility back. No. But as long as you don't become trustworthy, I cannot put responsibility on you because what you are asked to do affects other lives too. Other lives too. Whether it is at a home. One child is told over and over and over again to do something which is connected with everybody. Discipline doesn't work. And then finally you say, okay, I'm taking it from you and I'm giving it to the other person. Oh, you don't love me anymore. Honey, I love you. I love you. But the problem is you're not dependable. You're not dependable. And when you are not dependable, when you don't do what you are called to do and do the way you are told to do, it is affecting the rest of the family members. So people have to get this difference. Mm. You know, when God takes something from one person and gives it to another person, God did not stop loving Saul. Saul shut his heart to God. God is saying, you cannot be trusted. <laughs> to do what I'll call you to do. This is not about you, Saul. This mm. is about the kingdom. There are people under you, a nation under you. It's not about you. I told you many times to do this thing, but you will always do it your own way and then come and tell me that I did it. But that's not what I asked you to do. Mm. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the anointing and put it on another man 
And you raise him up to be the next king. That's all you have to do. I'm not going to humiliate you. I'm not going to tell everybody that. I'm not going to do any of those things. But if you don't do, everybody will know about it. If you go around backbiting David, one day everybody will know I disqualified him. If you go around trying to kill David, don't worry. Everybody will get to know you have him disqualified and he has been qualified. Because you know what? He will keep his mouth shut. He will never speak anything against you or do anything against you. So you need to realize this is how it works. It is not that God loves all this. No. God is very kind to him. I mean, you look at how God dealt with Saul. You have to understand how love works towards a man who cannot be trusted. He put David, put him under Saul's this thing, kept him under him. His daughter fell in love with David. His son loved David. The army loved David. The nation loved David. All he had to do is keep quiet, mentor him, and hand the throne over to him. Nobody except Samuel would have known God had removed the anointing from Saul for love covers. And God was covering him. Who exposed him? He exposed himself. Mm. That is God. So trust and love are not the same. Are not the same. And it is not he was given only one chance. He was given many chances, chances. Many chances. But the problem is responsibility is such because of his disobedience, he's affecting the whole nation. Affecting the whole nation. Mm. This is where we need to understand. And as a father in a home, if you're a father in a home, as a head of an institution, as a pastor, this is how you are supposed to deal with people so that they know the difference. You are loved. <laughs> Don't ever. Okay? Because I did not love you mm. because you did these things. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Before you did any of these things, you were loved. Exactly. Right? And God is saying the same thing. Like when our babies came in, what did they do other than give us trouble? That we loved them. Loved them. Okay? So it is not that we loved them after they started bringing their mark sheets and medals and all. No, that gave us joy. Okay, my son is doing good, my daughter is doing good, but we always loved them. Mm. When they had nothing to give us, we loved them. And that is what we need to bring into life and say, you know what? When you got married, what did she do for you? What did you do for her? Nothing. nothing. But didn't you love her? Yes. So why do you love her less? No, because she's not, but she didn't do anything in the beginning. Right? Especially all those who quoted and all. What did she do for? Did she cook for you? No. Did she wash your clothes? No. Did you take care of her home? No. Did you love her? Yes. So now because she fails in some of these things, why do you feel I don't love her? No, that's nonsense. You are saying that she is not dependable or he is not dependable. That should not affect your love. It should not affect your love. Love goes over. That's why the Bible says God has loved us with that everlasting love. Okay, so He cannot love me less because I don't, I fail. Because when I was a failure is when He loved me. Okay, so we get these pictures, bring this, and that's what Paul is telling the church. Be kind to one another. Be tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That does not justify uh, laziness, sloth, all those negative vices, you're not accepting it. Because you have to keep on pushing it with, 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 in love. But when the reaction back 
he is violent, the simple thing is be quiet. There's no point. Pray now. Because when a wife is trying to, so many different ways, trying a husband, would you please do things? And he gets angry, mad, shout, scream. There's no point. Keep quiet. Or husband is trying to tell his wife, would you please change in his areas? Because it's affecting the home and she screams and shouts and this thing. Pray. There's no point in getting violent. This is not going to improve the situation. Pray. Pray. You're not compromising, but what you will have to do is that you will have to do also her part or his part. That's what Christ did. He took the wife's part and he died. She should have died. She didn't die. She didn't die. She refused to die. So he died. But you all look at all these things because this is just temporary. The other side, something is kept. Okay. I lay down my life. But it's, don't worry. You will pick it up there. Mm. I lay down here and there is nothing to pick up. No, that's not what eternity mm-hmm. is. So your husbands and wives I would always say that this is the way. If your wife refuses to lay down, you lay down. You lay down. And husbands refuse to lay down. Don't worry. Mm. Keep quiet. Shut your mouth. Pray. Cry before God. <laughs> you lay down. You will not lose. You will not lose. You will not lose. You cannot lose. Because these are kingdom principles. You cannot lose. If Jesus lay down his life, and the Father has exalted him and given him the name above every other name, he didn't lose. Mm. He saw what was set before him, the joy that was set before him. That is true. That principle continues. Amen. Everywhere. It continues. You know? So we have to look. If you have any doubts, go read Revelation 2 and 3. The rewards promised to the ones who overcome. Read each of the rewards mentioned. It will blow your mind. And by the time you come to Revelation 21, 7, he who overcomes inherits all. all. So how do you inherit all? By losing all. You cannot inherit all unless you have lost all. And that's Paul is able to say, I have poured out my entire life as a drink offering. So we have to ask ourselves, what motivates me? Self is a very, advancement is a very powerful motivation. Mm. No? Okay, so this is a simple, still coming back. So I guess we probably close. One, more, one more question is there, question number 10. The simple thing is that, you know what? Mm. Don't, with God, let me tell you, with God it is this. He's factored our flesh. He's factored this body. He's factored our body. And this body is also tuned in this way. If it likes, it will go to any level of sacrifice. <laughs> like World Cup, the most watched program every four years is taking place in Qatar. Those who are passionate about football, it doesn't matter. They will sit up and watch it through without blinking. Those who have money will fly to Qatar. Mm. In advance, they have booked for their favorite. To the level they will go, there is so much sacrifice. Not denial of self. It's indulgence of this. Mm -hmm. Because they like and they will go to any level. Even take a bank loan to go to Qatar. (laughs) Okay, they will do it. But that's what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about when God asks us to do a lot of things he asks us to do. We don't like. 
love your wife as Christ loved the church laid out. Why do you have to tell me all these things? No. No. Wake up in the morning and pray. Should I tell me? Give me a reasonable hour. No. All these things. No. You look, go, go. That's right. You have to read Corinthians chapter thirteen, verses one to three. Every time, go back. First Corinthians thirteen. First Corinthians thirteen. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, that is a big thing in the Pentecostal circles, right? <laughs> but not have love. Mm. You know what he says? You have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Now think. You have to use your imagination. You know, clanging cymbal. It goes only well with the choir. <laughs> there is no choir, and tomorrow whoever is leading, able of Pranith, whoever is leading, brings the symbol and says, "This is today's voice." You bang, bang. It is such a great thing. Noise people will hold. Finally, they will either stop or we are leaving. And God says, "That is you." If that is, He says, "You do not have love." Mm. That is you. You speak in all these tongues. Though I have the gift of prophecy, that's what everybody is after. Understand all mysteries, all knowledge. And though I have all faith, all, 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 look at that, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love. I, I am nothing. Verse 3. Now this is where sacrifice comes. Mm. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Altruistic narcissism. Mm -hmm. And though I give my <laughs> body to be burned, and not have not love, it profits me. It will profit others. It's not that it doesn't profit the other. Mm. If I give all my goods to the poor, it profits them. Before I die, I write and not say my eyes, my lungs, all that is good organs. No, I die in accident. Immediately I'm taken all the organs. It's benefited so many people, okay? But God says, you come over there and say, Lord, where is my reward? I gave all my body parts. He says, you had no love at all. It benefited them. They will use your eyes, they will use your lungs, they will use your liver, all that is fine. But you, no. Why? Because it profits you nothing because you do not have love. Mm. You do not have love. So that is why it said the love is the great. We have to keep going back to one, two, three. And don't even assume that I am loving. Mm. Go back and see where you are drawing it from. Is it God's mm. or is it yours? Human love is not counted by God for rewards. Is it God's love? And with God's love is that that is described from there onwards. This is God's love. It's consistent. It suffers long and it's always kind. It cannot be unkind. God is never unkind. He's always kind. It's never jealous. It does not parade itself. It is never puffed up. Okay, we won't get into that. It's another day. Another <laughs> day, another message. But get this picture in because this is where people struggle. Go deep into your spirit and say, Lord, I don't have it in me, but you have poured it into my heart, into my spirit. Help me to draw it out and walk in that every day, in that love. And I don't want to be selfish in this. Okay, selfish. Because we have to put aside all of our upbringing, pursued, all, that's what made us, all that we saw, heard, saw, no, but this is, that's why the Bible says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world because we do not realize even our loving is according to a pattern and the pattern we received from the world.
And that world could be our home, our school, our church, our college, every office, wherever we have, our mind has been programmed in a certain pattern. But God says, no, I have to renew your mind. And once the mind is renewed, deep in your heart I have poured out my love. Now work it out that way. Let the love source be from me. The mind has to change. You know, because whenever people are questioned, when they are offended, they are pulling back into a pattern. They are going back into a pattern. Where is the pattern? They are picking a pattern from their past, from their upbringing, from their home. And the question is that, does that pattern fit in with the word of God? Does it fit in with the spirit of God? Does it fit in with the kingdom of God? Like I said, that book, forgot all our little children yeah, read, right. you know? Would Jesus do it? Hmm. Would Jesus do it? Okay, that is why the gospels are so important. The gospels are so important because through the lens of the gospel, if you deeply read it, you see the person of Jesus living the life of the Father on earth. And you have to never compromise us on truth. It is always loving. Now that's why when I still remember the first time my eyes opened with the incident with the Samaritan woman. I looked at him and how Samaritans were considered and think how he goes through the day, sits by there, tired, sends all the disciples away because if they are there, she won't come. To what lengths he goes to minister the truth to a person who has no name, no reputation, no value in the society. Married five times, living with the sixth one. To the length he will go. But the minute she is ready to receive what he has to offer, he flips to the truth and says, get your husband. And when she says, she doesn't condemn him. What's the point of condemning of somebody's past? We are trying to help them. Okay, That's who you are. Now the simple question is, do you want to change? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, there's no point discussing the past, doing an anatomy on the past, because the past is past. It's already done. Mm-hmm. We say it in English, what's the point in crying over spilt milk? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't put it back into the bottle. So the what to do is that don't do it again. Just wipe the floor. That's what he's telling the woman caught in adultery. I do not condemn you. Don't do it again. Simple English proverb. No cry over spilled. It's over. It's done. You can't do anything about it. Only thing is that be careful. Don't do it again. Wipe the floor. Clean it up. Be careful. More careful. And if you continue to do it, the simple thing is that, you know what? I cannot trust you with carrying milk. I'll give it to somebody who will not break the bottle, spill it. That's all. That doesn't mean I don't love you. Only thing in this thing, I cannot trust you. I cannot trust you. Maybe I can trust you with something. Maybe I look at you. You have an issue with people. So you know what? I'm going to put you in something where people are not involved. Maybe you will excel there. You have an issue with people. So you have to be wise in how you delegate things. This person has an issue with people, is either jealous or envious and creates conflict wherever. But this person also has to be used somewhere. Let me look at okay. In that department, nobody is used. There is no room for envy. You know what? Why don't you take up the cleaning business in the church? Because you can't fight over cleaning. You can fight over prayer, you can fight over worship, you can fight over preaching, but this all has big fame and this thing, <laughs> glory, at least for 15-20 minutes. 
half an hour, one hour. But cleaning the bathrooms, there is nothing, right? I'm going to put you in charge of that. Give a title. That's what companies do. Give a title. You are in charge of cleaning. Cleanings manager. Cleanings. You're serving the Lord. Remember, you are serving the Lord. Don't think it has demotion. I mean, it's very difficult to handle people who are offended. Leave them alone. It's a simple thing to do because it will break the toilet also. I think Pastor, you should, uh, we should call it a day. Never <laughs> <laughs> uh, things I am talking about, no? When people are angry and offended, simple thing is don't give them responsibility. Hmm. It's like the the old joke about this uh, white man who used to go to this Chinese this restaurant where the waiter was Chinese. So he used to always very nasty, sarcastic. Hey, chinky, bring my soap. Hey, chinky, this is so chinky, this thing. Then one day he got saved. One day he got sir, he felt very repentant. So he came back to the restaurant and he called the Chinese and I'm very sorry. Forgive me for calling you all these days, these names and all. He says, apologies received. I'm also sorry for spitting into your soup every time. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what happens on the other side, you do not know offended people. You offend him because he has no choice. He keeps quiet. He goes inside and spits in your soup and he brings it, give it to you. And you have no idea of what the other person. The simple thing to do with offended people is pray for them. Pray for them. Leave them alone. And love them through it all. Love them. That is why it is good to be a father and a mother. Because when your children are born and they grow up, they have this infinite capacity to offend you. Because <laughs> that's all they know. Because they are born selfish. They're absolutely, totally, ignorantly selfish. selfish yeah. Totally self-centered. And the thing is that you have to spend a lot of time with mm. them. And it will break yourself. Because you can't but love them. You can't but love them. That's why parenting is given. Adam and Eve never said sorry in the garden. But when they sit there, the dead body of one son killed by the other, they knew what the wages of sin was. Here is a father and a mother holding one son's dead body and the other one had killed him. Hmm. They're looking at We didn't even know this is where it would lead to. Okay, so... Enoch would learn to walk with God when Methuselah was born. And the baby is born and he's holding this baby and says, ah, what a cute little thing. And then he hears a voice probably in his spirit. Name him Methuselah. When he dies, judgment will come. Change his whole life. After that, he said, you know what? I need to walk with God. So parenthood is a great thing. It's a very, very great thing. Spiritual parenthood also is a great thing. Paul never had children, but he was a father. After God's own heart, he was a father. He loved his sheep. He spanked them, he scolded them, he, but he loved them. He, so he literally gave his life mm. over for them. That's the key. You know, that's the key. You have to get these pictures in. Because you know what? You don't have to get married and have children to be a father. You still can have the heart of a father because that is where the rewards really mm. lie. Yes. Children, young men, fathers. You can be a young man and just lay down your life for others and have the heart of a father. You don't have to have children. You don't need to be even a shepherd. 
You just learn to lay down your life. That's what Jesus did. He's called the everlasting father, but he laid down his life. So you choose to lay down your life. You know what it is? It is the heart of the father. Whether you're a man or woman, married or unmarried, you choose like Jesus did every day to rise up and lay down your life. You know what? Your heart will be transformed. That new heart will be the heart of your father. And when you reach heaven, God says, well done. Well done. You understood the whole, how the kingdom works. Amen? Amen. Yes, we shall pray. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you, Father. In spite of all that your church around the world goes through, mm. we always have hope. We've been birthed to a living hope. Amen. Because what has been poured into our heart is the love of God. And when we love that way, hope does not disappoint mm. us. It cannot disappoint us, Lord. The word says the only thing that matters is faith, Working through, through love. love. Mm. Help us to love, Lord. Because that's who you are. Mm. Consistently, constantly, and never compromising on the truth. Because God is truth. Help us to balance this, Lord, every day in our lives. I bless everyone who's listening, who will listen into thy hands. Mm. I bless them in your name. And I pray, Father, your hand would rest upon them, protect them, keep them night here. Protect us. Day on that side, protect them. Teach us, Lord, to live this life for you, through you, unto you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. Be with us through the night. Protect us. Once again, Lord, protection I speak. Many are the works of the enemy to destroy your children. But I pray, Lord, protect us. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.